What's up, everybody? How are you guys doing tonight? This is uh, Riley Klingman from the Press Box Podcast. Um, just sent an invite to Isaac Dillard, so awaiting his arrival here. Just give him about a couple seconds here now. A lot to go over for you guys tonight. we got breaking news and March Madness things coming up. March Madness bracket just came out a couple hours ago. So we'll be going through a lot of that. A lot of breaking news to digest this evening. Again, folks, waiting for Isaac Dillard to hop on. So, I'm... What's up, Isaac? How you doing, man? Just bear with me, folks. What's up, Isaac? How you doing, man? Hey, Riley. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sounds good. Hey, man, I just sent you a. Uh, I just sent you a shared with me on your Google Drive about stuff we're gonna start out talking about real quick. Yeah, I'm on that right now. Okay, sounds good. So obviously, Isaac, there's been tons of breaking news over the past couple days, and I, I don't even have all of it on this document. I kind of just have the <clears throat> kind of the important stuff for me. But as we know, the most important breaking news is coming in the second part of our show. March Madness brackets have just been made, both for the men's and the women's. And Isaac, I want to just go ahead and say that at 10 o'clock, we're going to find out who the Liberty Flames are going to play in the NIT tournament. And yes, sir. Yeah, for sure, man. I hope this year that – Liberty actually decides to play in it because I think it can end up being a really good thing for the Flames and it can kind of be a confidence booster to end their season. And, you know, the Flames are one of the top teams that would end up being in the NIT tournament that are that is not in March Madness. So I think the Flames could easily win this tournament. Um, and I think that they could kind of win a little NIT championship just to end out their year. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, last I checked, we're projected to be a three seed and we're supposed to host on um, Villanova. Um, okay. That would be a very exciting game. And, but it also gives us the opportunity to play, like, Blue Bloods, like UNC and Villanova. So that will be exciting to watch if it all comes to pass. Yeah, for sure. The only thing is uh, North Carolina put something out there a little while ago that said they're going to they're gonna sit out of the NIT tournament. That was oh, okay. Of, yeah, that was kind of a big thing that was going around. So it kind of sucks that, you know, I was kind of hoping we were going to be able to play both Villanova and North Carolina – at some point, but at the end of the day, Isaac, just because Villanova is in the NIT does not mean that their history has not been good. And it's been a pretty fantastic history over the last couple of years in terms of making it to March Madness. And they, they always have a pretty darn good team coming out of that university. So You're exactly right. They're going through a coaching change this year. So I think that has something to do with the down year. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, speaking of coaching changes too, Isaac, why don't, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the Syracuse head coach that just kind of left the men's basketball team, really good coach. I believe his last name is uh, Bayheim. Yes, sir, Jim Bayheim. I mean, the man's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, I hate that he went out the way he did. It was just kind of sudden. Um, he, he has been coaching for a long time, um, but it, it, it kind of – 
it was kind of like he went out on a loss and was just kind of like, okay, guys, this is my last year. Um, but, I mean, Hall of Fame head coach um, is famous for running a 2-3 in Division One basketball exclusively, which is very interesting and fun to watch. Um, I hope he has a great retirement. Yeah, for sure, man. And Coach, Coach Beheim, <clears throat> he was a fantastic coach. I mean, I, I believe he coached for – I believe it was like 47 seasons or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just a plethora of accolades that man has collected over the years. And I'm sure he's, he is well-respected by the former, former Duke head coach and all these, and, and as well as a former North Carolina head coach, Mr. Williams. So I, I just think that, you know, all three of these guys are really the big three in terms of the ACC. And I think the, one of the last coaches that not necessarily needs to retire, but he, he, he's, he's kind of getting to that age where he can't be coaching for much longer. But I, I think the fourth and final, final coach to join them is Coach Jim Laranega of the Miami Hurricanes. And I think those four coaches together have put together great years of basketball, a lot of NCAA tournament um, appearances, a lot of March Madness appearances. And at the end of the day, a lot of experience and a lot of growth in the different young men that they have served at their respected schools and universities. But Isaac, nevertheless, let's go and get to some other news and, and breaking news. So Isaac, I don't know if you heard this, but the Vikings have officially released wide receiver Adam Thielen. And I'll be quite honest with you. When I first read this, I thought it was a really big deal. Um, I don't know how many people think it's a big deal just because he was kind of under the wing of Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne for the past couple of years. Um, but, Isaac, I think the big question mark for me is, you know, this is a way too early pick, obviously, but where do you think Adam Thielen will end up and why will it work out at this particular team? That's a great question. I mean, the first team that comes to mind, and this is this is definitely an interesting pick, but I could see him going to, like, the Arizona Cardinals or the New England Patriots. I mean, yeah. The New England Patriots, like, he's a perfect fit. They've built – Bill Belichick has taken guys like Adam Thielen and really, like, done some impressive things with them. So, I take it back about the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going with the uh, New England Patriots. Yeah, and, you know, you, you were saying that Bill Belichick has taken some of those guys and turned them into something. I can think of two guys off the top of my head. You got Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola. I mean – those yes, two guys really just transformed into two big key pieces for the Patriots in, in those Super Bowls that they won. But at the end of the day, the Patriots did have a quarterback that we all know and that we that we all love or hate. Um, if you're like me and a Dolphins fan, it's kind of a love-hate type of relationship. But anyways, both of those guys had Tom Brady throwing them the football at the end of the day. And I think with that guy back at quarterback, you have a chance all day, every day. It's just going to be – Really hard to see if Mac Jones is going to kind of have a little bit of a bounce back season. But at the end of the day, I think if Adam Thielen can get on a team where he is the main producing wide receiver, I think that's not only going to be good for his confidence, but we're going to start seeing those stats creep up to what they were a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and then next, this is this is more of a my team thing, Isaac, <laughs> the Miami Marlins. They signed Yuli Gurriel and Jose Iglesias to a minor league deal. The only reason why this is a big deal for me is because the Marlins now have the last two AL batting camps on their team. 
Uh, Luis Arias was the AL batting champ last season. I mean, the guy hit over 300 for the entire year, which is unbelievable. And then Yuli Gurriel was the batting champ the year before that. The only bad thing about Yuli Gurriel is he's getting a little bit older in age, and he's 38. But also, these two guys both add an element of having really good backup infielders now. And, and, you know, we don't have to have guys playing – the backup position that nobody knows about. And these are two Hispanics that are going to get butts in the seats, especially in a place like Miami that really has a little bit of everything in terms of international play. I mean, look at, look at all the different teams playing at the Marlins stadium for the world baseball classic. And just look at how that is transformed because of all the different types of players from their respected countries playing there. And also Isaac, a little bit of a, a little neat stat for you. The 2023 Marlins are the first MLB team since 1900 to acquire the past two batting champions from either league in one offseason. The last MLB team to even have two batting champions on their roster was was the Colorado Rockies, and it was a lot more it was a lot more recent than I thought. It was in 2018. They had DJ LeMahieu, which I didn't even know he he went through the Rockies organization, and they had Charlie Blackman. Um, so that's just a little bit of a statoid there for you. But, Isaac, you know, you, you, you probably don't know a ton about these two guys because Jose Iglesias has really bounced around a bunch of different teams the past couple seasons. The most recent, he was a part of the Colorado Rockies, which feels like anybody that goes to the Rockies can hit well there. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you know a little bit about Yuli Gurriel just because he was on the Astros for a little while. They probably played the Orioles every once in a blue moon. But, what do you think about these two signings for the Marlins? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you think both of them have an opportunity to make the squad? What are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, the Jose Iglesias, that takes me back to, like, literally days watching him play second base for Detroit. But I like these signings. I think these are two very good um, um, locker room guys to have, especially with some young talent coming up. Um I think they can provide consistent at-bats. And like you said, there'll be two guys, uh, two very experienced guys coming off the bench when you want to give your everyday starters a day off. Um, I like this pickup. Yeah, me too. And just to kind of give you an idea of what these guys were able to do in their first couple ABs as Miami Marlins, uh, Yuli Gurriel went three for four. He had a, he had two singles a home uh, and a home run. And – the home run was in his second at bat, which is kind of crazy because, you know, Yuli Gurriel and Iglesias, yes, they are major league players, but they've had some time off. So for Yuli Gurriel to be 38 years old and still able to hit the ball out of the park, I mean, the Marlins will take that all day, every day. It's just the bottom line is the Marlins park is more of a pitcher-friendly park than it is a hitter-friendly park. So that could be a recipe for either disaster or success. But at the end of the day, Isaac, we're just going to have to wait and see how the season goes. The Marlins have gotten a bunch of different players. They've added to their offense. They've added to their bullpen. They've added their starting pitching a little bit. Pablo Lopez did really well tonight for Venezuela, a guy that they traded to the Twins for Luis Arias. Pablo Lopez looked fantastic. I mean, he was throwing 95, 96, 97, and he he looks the best that I have ever seen him tonight. And, yes, Isaac, I've been watching the guy for three years, and he looks the best I've ever seen him. And – He looked really good when he was a part of the Marlins, so the Twins definitely got a good one, but the Marlins did too in Luis Arias. Isaac, I want to give you the floor because obviously we all know what happened a couple days back. I believe it was actually yesterday. The Bears traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers 
for four draft picks and wide receiver DJ Moore, who, by the way, I believe is only 25 years old and has so much time ahead of him, and it gives Justin Fields a weapon. Isaac, what was your initial reaction to this trade, and who do you think won it? There's a lot of different opinions. I honestly think for me, though, before I get to your answer, I think it ultimately depends on who Carolina gets at the number one overall pick for me to see who, who won this trade. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, there's so much value in the number one pick, but when this news dropped, me and my roommate were talking about it, and I, I just don't know. I think the Bears kind of fleeced the Panthers for that first pick. Yeah, I agree. They got DJ Moore, who, like you said, is a very young, very talented receiver. And they also will still have the ninth pick at 2020. Or this is what they got. They get, they have the ninth pick and they get the 2023 second round, 2024 first round, and a 2025 second round pick. I mean, so for that one pick, you get a developing what could potentially be a star one day. And you get, you still have a top 10 pick. You get a second round pick, you get a first round pick and another second round pick that you can take some very talented guys with. And I, I, I like I like how they went and got um, Justin Fields some help and some um, depth in that wide receiver position. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I also think that this was the, the best way the Bears were telling people that, hey, we have our quarterback. We don't need the number one overall pick anymore. Justin Fields is our guy until he proves us otherwise. And honestly, that's a that's a big thought process and a big idea from the Bears. And but honestly, I I agree with them. Justin Fields showed some really good things this past season with a pretty terrible receiving core. And I think the sky is the limit for Justin Fields with DJ Moore and whoever else Carolina can get with the number one overall pick. But honestly, I, I think I think that the Bears need help on the defensive side of the football more than they do on the offensive side. And I think that, that that's what they're going to end up doing with the number one overall pick. But Isaac, I definitely think, and I don't, I don't know if you agree with me, but I definitely think we could see some more trades happening in the first 10 picks in the first round of the NFL draft in the next coming days and even on draft day. I just don't think that everything is quite set in stone yet for all the different teams that are choosing in the first round. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, Isaac, to move on, Devin McCourty officially retired from the NFL a day ago. And Isaac, I I just wanted to glance back at his career because, you know, he was always with the Patriots. His brother came over to the Dolphins for a little bit. But, I mean, this guy was a three-time Super Bowl champ, a three-time All-Pro, a two-time Pro Bowler. And he had 35 interceptions. So I just wanted to throw that in there just to show some respect to Devin McCourty. I know he was an absolute nuisance to the Miami Dolphins, but what a fantastic job by Devin McCourty in his career and definitely a well worth retirement. And uh, he's definitely going to go down in the history books for sure. But Isaac, I guess my big question for you is is he a Hall of Famer? Why or why not? I would have to look at other cornerbacks but just looking here I mean the three-time Super Bowl champ definitely goes a long way I believe towards it and he was a two-time Pro Bowl and a three-time All-Pro I think he is in my heart of hearts I want him to be so we'll go yeah yeah 
I definitely think that he probably will just because I think from the safety position, I, I don't know if it's really harder to get 35 picks in your career, but I mean, the guy is a three-time Super Bowl champ, you know, with Tom Brady, three-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler as a safety. I mean, the bottom line is the, the, the guy has accolades. I just don't know if he has enough accolades for him to get in or not. It's definitely going to be an interesting player to look at for the next couple of years for the NFL Hall of Fame committee and all that stuff. And honestly, for the world, because I think it's more of the world voting him in, not really a committee. That's more of a college thing. But it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with Devin McCourty. I mean, I I think he's deserving just watching him play the game every day. But, you know, in the NFL, there's a lot of guys that are deserving. It's just, do the guys have the accolades to back him up? Yeah. Moving on, moving on to a little bit of World Baseball Classic type of information. Um, and Isaac, we're, we're, we're probably going to go in a little bit more into depth on this once we get to the next round. So once all the pool plays over, we'll probably have another one of these just to kind of recap pool play and kind of give our predictions for the next rounds. But I can tell you right now, Isaac, everybody thought that the, that the Dominican Republic was going to win the entire thing. I mean, Venezuela... They took Dominican. They, they they took the the Dominican Republic down, and Venezuela is winning a really uh, solid game against Puerto Rico. Pretty big right now. I mean, Salvador Perez is four for four with two doubles, a homer, and a single. So Venezuela is making their case for moving on to the quarterfinals, and definitely watch them as a sleeper team. And of course, you have USA and Japan to throw in there as well. Japan went four zero. USA plays Mexico here in about twelve minutes. So make sure if you guys haven't tuned into that, that everybody. Take a look at that because this World Baseball Classic is just getting excited, exciting, not excited. Um, and also for all of you guys keeping score at home, just a little interesting factoid. Isaac, Kyle Schwarber has homered in the NL Wild Card game, the American League Wild Card game, the NLDS, ALDS, NLCS, ALCS, the World Series, and now the World Baseball Classic. And he, he homered against Great Britain last night in a 6-2 to win. And I just think that that was something, some, something to note. And, I mean, this guy, ever since he got to the Nationals two years ago and then with the Phillies last year, I think ever since that guy got out of Chicago, he's been tearing it up for every team he's gone to just because Chicago is such a tough place to hit home runs because of the wind and just where the stadium is. But, I mean, just a very interesting factoid for a guy – Kyle Schwarber, that's really had a revamped career ever since he got out of Chicago. Yeah, I saw this stat today, and the cash-in was now all he had got – now all that he has left is the Little League World Series, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny, man. Well, who knows? Maybe in the next couple of years his team will be playing, you know, because they, they always do one of those MLB games during the Little League World Series, and maybe, just maybe, that would count as a Little League World Series home run. But – Kyle Schwarber can't go back to the age of 12 and try to do that anymore. Yeah, unfortunately. And Isaac, last little bit of breaking news here. Jalen Ramsey, the trade has been confirmed. It's just they need to process the trade, which as we know, Isaac, that can't happen until Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Jalen Ramsey gets traded to the Miami Dolphins at the Pro Bowl corner. The Rams get a 2023 third-round pick, the number 77 overall. And they get tight end Hunter Long, who had one catch for the Miami Dolphins. And Isaac, I put this right below everything. I said, this is just pure highway robbery. <laughs> I mean, dude, the guy is a Pro Bowl corner who's had a couple down years. But at the end of the day, the guy is still 28, 29 years old. And he's got a lot of accolades and 
I mean, the guy is just an interception machine and a pass deflection machine. And Jalen Ramsey also tweeted out, he said that he prayed for this specifically for about a month now, and it's happening. And Isaac, my question for you, and, and I think that we all know your answer, at least I hope I know your answer. Who do you think won this trade, and what makes this such a big move for this Miami Dolphins defense with Vic Fangio being new to the staff? Oh, the Dolphins won it 100%. I don't know. Because the Rams were not very good on defense last year, and they just traded away one of their best, their best defensive players. Um, but I'm happy for your Dolphins. But this is very huge, especially for Vic Fangio, because he gets to come in with a new, a new weapon that he can throw against things. So that's always exciting. Yeah, and I mean, th- this is also just another playmaker for Vic Fangio to add, you know, to the defense. And I mean, this th- this defense just got a lot better. I mean, they-, they-, they have guys on there like this now, Isaac. They have Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, and Javon Holland. And I-, I think the sky is the limit for Vic Fangio in this Dolphins team. And now, Isaac, I mean, dude... Just looking at this team up and down, I mean, these are just a couple of the playmakers I'm going to name for you. But, I mean, this team is starting to look really good, and it's starting to look like a really competitive team in the NFL next year. Um, but some of their playmakers now, Tua Tagovailoa, who just got his fifth-year option picked up. Tyreek Hill, who just went, ran a 6-7 in a USA track and field event and smoked everybody there. Thought that was pretty interesting. You got Jalen Waddell, Xavier Howard, who had a down year last year, but maybe having another guy – with him, another veteran pres- pres- presence, holy cow, I can't talk, in Jalen Ramsey. Maybe that will make Xavier Howard a little bit more it, – it might uh, make him have a little bit more of a fire under his belly and stuff like that to get things going and get things done on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe he can get back to how he was two years ago when he was playing the Kansas City Chiefs. He had an interception. He looked really good against Patrick Mahomes. And maybe his defense can finally start getting some respect – uh, in terms of the NFL, not only on their defensive line, which was so good last year, but maybe in the secondary as well. Yeah, definitely. All right, Isaac. So now the big time has come. We'll talk about March Madness now. This is going to be – I don't want to say this is going to be your area for the entire time, but you are a little bit more mo- uh, knowledgeable on college basketball than I am. I mean, there's really only two teams I follow – and that is the Liberty Flames, who are not in it, and the Miami Hurricanes, who are the number five seed. Um, but pretty much everything else, I just don't know a lot about. Um, but Isaac, how do you want to do this? Do you want to like go through the bracket and kind of give who we think is going to win, or do you want to hold off on that? I mean, at the end of the day, the first round or the first couple games are going to happen. I believe is it next Thursday is the is kind of opening day for March Madness. I believe so. Maybe I okay. think maybe some of these uh, playing games for the those seeds because I know let me let me look real quick because all brackets to be eligible have to be in in five days so that would be okay um oh so. Yeah, it looks like the play-in games are going to be March 14th through the 15th. Yes, March 14th at 6. 
is the first game. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So how about how about we just go ahead and pick who we think are going to win these games? You know, obviously I don't really know a ton about any of these teams, but we we can we can kind of chat it up a little bit about these first four teams. So folks, basically it's eight teams competing for four spots. It's going to be two 16 seeds playing each other on the 14th and two 16 seeds playing each other uh, on March 15th. And then same thing with the 11th seeds. They just have the later slot. Um, and they're, they're all competing for a spot in the bracket to play in the big dance. So, Isaac, let's just go ahead and start off with the the uh, games in order here. So, the first two 16 overall seeds, we have Texas A&M uh, Community College taking on Southeast Missouri State. Who do you have in this game, and why do you think they're going to be able to advance to the next round? I'm going to pick Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um, I, oh, it's Corpus yeah, Christi. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, you're good. But um, – I saw that they made a tournament run last year. They were in the same position. Um, so some of those guys already have tournament experience. Um, so that's why I'm going to give them the edge over Southeastern Missouri State. Okay. And, I mean, the only game I really saw of Southeast Missouri State is they were in a – I believe they were in a very back-and-forth game in, in, their, in their conference championship game, and they ended up winning it. And it, it was it was kind of a crazy thing that occurred. But, you know, if, if Texas A&M Corpus Christi is a team that was able to make a, a little bit of a run last year, then, you know, I am my my ball is in your court. No pun intended. Um, in terms of Texas A&M Corpus Christi making it to the big dance. Now, next game, I can I can kind of help you out a little bit here. Mississippi State taking on Pitt for the 11th seed in in their respective brackets. This is going to be at nine ten on True TV on March the fourteenth. Isaac, I don't know if you're going to disagree with me or not, but I I have seen Pitt play in the ACC. They played a very close game against the number five seed Miami Hurricanes at the Miami Hurricanes Stadium. So I think Pitt's going to be able to get it done against a Mississippi State team that doesn't have it really all together. Yeah, I I, I would agree with you um, because if we remember. Up until the last like two weeks of the season, it looked like Pitt was going to win the ACC. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I like Pitt in that matchup. Yeah, for sure. And and you you bring that up because towards like second to last game of the season, there were three teams tied for first place in the ACC, and it still ended up ending in a tie because Virginia and Miami finished with the same record in the ACC. And, you know, since Miami beat Pitt, Pitt obviously fell down to third, um, which I thought it was really weird for Miami to cut down the nets that one night. You know, same thing with Liberty when they cut down their net for tying Kennesaw State. It just didn't really make sense because if, if, if there's not a clear winner in the conference, then why are you cutting down the net? But that's for another day and another, you know, <laughs> argument. Um, now, moving on to the games on the 15th, uh, first game 640 on True TV. Number 16, well, both teams are fighting for a 16th seed. Texas Southern takes on Fair Dickinson. Isaac, I'm going to go with Fair Dickinson just because I I love their story. I love kind of how they've gotten here. And I I, I just – I always like pulling for a team that has a really neat story behind their 
program, and I think Fair Dickinson has that neat story. Yeah, definitely. I was I was going to go with Fair Dickinson too. Um, Texas Southern made a good run to make it here, but it might just be some of that Cinderella magic because for the better part of the season they've struggled. So yeah, I like I like Fair Dickinson. Yeah, and Isaac, last game for teams that are trying to still get in March Madness. We have Arizona State taking on Nevada in the nightcap at 9, 10 p.m. Honestly, I haven't heard a whole lot about Nevada just because, you know, Nevada's not a big, you know, Division One name that jumps off the page at you in terms of basketball. So I think just for that reason, you know, you, you, you can tell me I'm wrong. Just for that reason, I'm going to go with Arizona State to, to get this W and get a spot in the big dance. Yeah, my only concern with Arizona State is in their last one, two, three, they've they've struggled with consistency. Um, they did make a deep run in the Pac-12, a very good Pac-12 um, tournament. They uh, ended up getting blown out by Arizona, but – they they did get a revenge game against USC. Um, so they did get to build some confidence going into March. So that'll definitely help them in that matchup. Yeah, for sure. And Isaac, you know, not 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 to move on from these four games or anything, but I th- I think we'd be doing everybody a disservice if we didn't go through all the brackets and all the different seedings and kind of give our initial reactions. Do we think a team is ranked too high? Do we think a team is ranked just right and all that? So let's go ahead and do that real quick, just to not necessarily end everything out. Um, but I definitely think that as each round ends, we'll be, re- we will be releasing, you know, an episode about how the round went out. Were there any upsets? Were there any games that we, that we got right and all that sort of thing. Um, and just to kind of put this on the radar too, Isaac, I think, either the day of or the day before Thursday, I'm going to try and get Nate to join us as well. But I, I think we should do a prediction of the entire first round of March Madness. And we should do like a thing where we like keep score and just see who gets, you know, all the different games right. And at the end, there could be like a little bit of a prize for a winner from the Press Box podcast. So that might be just something fun to do. Um, and also you can, you can create your bracket too. It's just something that all three of us could do as well. But Isaac, let's go ahead and get into all these different seeds. Um, um, if, if you're looking at it on your computer, Isaac, I'm going to start with the South and kind of go left to right and then go down to the East and West and do that the same way. All right. Um, so obviously Alabama ranks number one, not hundred percent sure who they play yet because we talked about the games at the bottom, but do you think Alabama is supposed to be ranked number one and why or why not i do um they've i mean they've dropped a few games recently but they battled back and won the sec today in dominant fashion um they completely controlled the game against a very good texas a&m team um brandon miller despite facing the allegations he's facing um averaged 20 points in the sec tournament so he looks to be completely unfazed. So I, I do think Alabama is deserving of the number one spot. Yeah, I, I agree as well. It's just, you know, as you said, the Brandon Miller thing is all just still 
kind of a cloud is over it. It's still a very confusing topic and a very hard topic to kind of talk about when it comes to, to this March Madness thing. But at the end of the day, I, I even think without a guy like Brandon Miller, I think this Alabama team just has talent all over it. I mean, they beat a Liberty team by a lot of points at the beginning of the year. And, you know, at, at first I didn't think this Alabama team was that great, but I definitely think they're deserving of a number one spot. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And then going on, going on down and uh, number eight seed taking on a number nine seed, Maryland taking on West Virginia. Isaac, do you think both of these teams should be ranked at eight and nine? And do you think it's going to be a pretty darn good matchup? I I do think it's going to be a very, very good matchup. Um, I don't love West Virginia at nine. Um, they play in a very, very tough Big 12. Um, but they didn't really show me a lot in the Big 12 to – deserve a nine um but that's what the committee decided to go with and i do think this will be a very good game so yeah and i was i i was watching maryland a little bit you know in some of their big 10 games and things like that and maryland really surprised me and i think this can kind of be a sleeper team throughout the first couple rounds but at the end of the day i think i think both of us can agree that this team just doesn't have the talent that some of these other basketball teams in this tournament have to make it all the way to the semis or the championship. But then again, Isaac, it wouldn't be called March Madness if, if a team like Maryland couldn't make it all the way. And March Madness is a big thing about really all playoffs are about what team is going to get hot at, at the right time. And, and, and I think that, that this Maryland team can do that. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, what they're able to do. But as you said, Isaac, they, they, they have to get through a, very underrated West Virginia team first. And, 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 and I agree with you that West Virginia should probably be ranked like a couple spots lower. I, I think number nine is a little bit of a stretch. I was kind of thinking maybe more of like an 11 or a 12 type of thing. I don't think they fall down to below a 13. I think that's kind of unnecessary for that. But I definitely agree with you that West Virginia should have fell a little bit lower than that. Yeah. And moving on, number five seed in the South – San Diego State taking on number 12, Charleston. Charleston is, you know, ranked, I think, pretty darn good. Same thing with San Diego State. San Diego State was doing pretty good this year. Played a lot of tough teams beginning at the beginning of the year. And over Thanksgiving break, they were playing a team. I was at my grandparents' place. They were playing a team pretty back and forth. I think it was Creighton they were playing. I can't quite remember who it was. And then, Isaac, we we all know how good of a year Charleston had. You know, they, they, they didn't play a lot of great competition, but at the end of the day, this team was pretty darn good throughout the entirety of the year. And this was a basketball program that was pretty abysmal over the last couple of years, and they finally put together a really good season. And I'm just really glad they got a shot in this March Madness tournament. Yeah, they're definitely one of my um, sleeper picks when I was filling out my bracket. Um, just because they buy into the um, idea that they're a family and they play for each other and they play hard for each other. Um, I like I like both of these teams. I like where they're seated. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's definitely going to be interesting. Like you said, Isaac, Charleston's a sleeper pick. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, at the end of the day, if they do get past San Diego State, they're more than likely going to have to take on a really good Virginia basketball team who just lost to Duke in the ACC tournament. I don't know what happened with Miami and Virginia in that tournament. Um, 
I honestly think it was not only Norchad O'Meara getting hurt for the Canes in the first minute and a half of the game, but it was also the refs. And I'm not only saying this because, you know, I'm a fan and I don't like Duke and all that sort of thing, but at the end of the day, Isaac, I don't know if you watched that game at all, but the refs were terrible. I mean, the refs made some really bad calls on sometimes where Miami wouldn't even touch anybody um, because they would show a slow-mo replay. And it was at the end of the game, too, and it was kind of these couple calls that really changed the whole complexion of the game. So, you know, that's that's my two cents about that, and that's just me being a fan for a minute. But at the end of the day, Isaac, we, we, do, need, we do need to move on because there's a lot to cover in this bracket, and we have ample time here. But number four, Virginia, taking on number 13, Furman. Isaac, I think Virginia's ranked fine. I think Furman is ranked fine. And I think me and you can both agree that I, I, I think Virginia's going to be able to get it done against Furman. I just don't think that Furman is really the type of Division One basketball program that's going to be able to ha- that's going to be able to hang with a Virginia team for very long. Maybe the first half, but I think Virginia just starts running away with it in a second. Yeah, but every time I talk about Virginia in March, I just think of UMBC. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But and, uh, I, I do, I do agree. I think, I think Virginia gets it done. Yeah, but. yeah, definitely. And then uh, another another pretty big matchup here, a kind of an underrated matchup. Creighton, number six seed, taking on the number eleven seed, NC State. NC State was a very, I wouldn't say an underrated team, but they were a quiet, quietly good ACC basketball program. Um, they they had a stretch of games where they really where they really went on a run um, in ACC play, and they kind of fell off the table towards the end. But, Isaac, what makes this matchup so good in between a team like Creighton and NC State? And at the end of the day, Creighton was one of the better teams coming in to the beginning of the season, and they're still really good. But what can make this matchup really good in favor of NC State? It it has to be their guard play. They have one of the best scoring backcourts in the nation. Um, I think they're combined. They're both averaging close to 50 points a game. Um yeah, I think I think NC State goes as those two guards go. Um, so we'll see if Creighton can guard them. Yeah, it, it definitely, uh, definitely. Time will tell. Um, do Do you think both Creighton and NC State are ranked fine? Do you, Do you think Creighton deserves to be six and NC State deserve, deserves to be eleven? I think I think Creighton's ranked good. I would have liked to see NC State a little higher. I know they dropped some questionable ACC games, but I mean, going back to the West Virginia at nine, that's the only reason I yeah. wish NC State was ranked a little bit higher. But I mean, I I like him at eleven too. I think I think it's yeah. fine. Yeah, and I mean, also to your point, you, Utah State is ranked tenth, and I and. I believe NC State's better than Utah State. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Isaac, me and you aren't the committee, so we don't really have any say in it at all. We're just here to to report on it and bring the news to all the lovely people that tune into the Press Box podcast, either on Spotify or the campus radio station at Liberty. But Isaac, moving on, Baylor, the number three seed, taking on the University of California, Santa Barbara, at the number 13 – excuse me, the number 14 seed. Um, Isaac, first, who do you have in this one, and do you think either – or do you think both of these teams are ranked 
what they should be. I like where they're ranked. I got Baylor. I don't think this one will be necessarily close. We'll see, though. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Short and sweet. I love it. Next, we got we got two more games for the uh, south side of the bracket. We have number seven, Missouri, taking on number 10, Utah State, which was one of the teams we just said that NC State could be ranked above. Missouri's kind of have has kind of had a little bit of a bounce back year because you know last year they lost to Liberty at home by like over twenty points, but Missouri has looked really good in SEC play this year. Isaac, I I I have Missouri winning this one by a little over ten points against Utah State, and then Isaac, same question for you. Do you think these two teams are ranked where they should be, and who do you have in this game? Yeah, I'm. I gotta be honest. I'm not very familiar with Utah State. Um. So I yeah, can't I can't really make a very good prediction. I mean they have a good record. I don't know who they beat or who they've played. I like Mer- I like Missouri at seven. Um we'll see if this is a good game. Seven ten matchups are always interesting. Yeah, definitely. Now last game on the south side. Number two Arizona taking on number fifteen Princeton. Princeton, a very academic school, making its way into the March Madness tournament. Isaac, I have Arizona. It's not even close. Arizona is just a very good basketball program. A lot of people are sleeping on them in this tournament. I am not. I am not sleeping on Arizona. I think Arizona is a very well put together basketball team. And I I think Arizona is going to trounce Princeton. And I think both these teams are ranked accordingly. Uh, I 100% agree. Awesome. Cool, cool. Now, moving on to the Midwest, so we're going you know, to the right side of the bracket. I believe this one is in Iowa. The Midwest bracket is in Iowa just because my uncle said he was going to the Midwest bracket for uh, TNT. He's going to be TV producing a couple of the March Madness games, and he was talking to me about that a little bit. So it's pretty cool that Miami's playing there, and he'll be able to do TV producing for that. But enough talk about that, Isaac. We have Houston taking on – I believe that's Northern Kentucky. Yes, sir. On March 16th at 920 on TNT. Uh, Isaac, I have Houston in this one. I think both teams are ranked fine. Um, I just, you know, there's just not a world where a whole lot of one seeds get taken down by a 16 seed in the first round. Now, that has happened before, but it's just not very often that it is. Yeah, I don't think Houston's built to lose to a 16 seed in the first. Yeah. Um, I like Houston a lot. They lost today, but yep. I like them a lot. Yeah, I do too. Now, an uh, in, in earlier game on the 16th of March at 6.50 on TNT, number eight Iowa taking on number nine Auburn. I, Isaac, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I think Auburn is ranked a little bit too high for my comfort. Auburn's had kind of a little bit of a down year this year. The, they haven't really been able to win as many big games as they have in the past. And um, – I definitely think that this is going to be a really good game for people to tune into. I, I think this is going to be a very back-and-forth game. Iowa's a pretty darn good basketball team. Auburn is good when they play together and play well. But I just think that Auburn has had so much, so many different things not go their way in the in SEC play and in the SEC tournament that I definitely think that this is a game to keep an eye on. I, I 100% agree. I think both of those – these teams have shown us that they're good basketball teams, but have also shown us that on their worst days, they can be very bad basketball teams. So we'll see who shows up on their A game and who doesn't. 
Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there. I, I don't think it matters who wins this game. I, I think Houston is going to be able to roll over either one of these teams, even if Houston is having a bad game. I agree. I'm just going to put that – I'm just going to put that out into existence. Now, Isaac, next game that I'm talking about, I'm going to get really in-depth because obviously Miami is a team I follow. It's a team I enjoy watching. You, you, you had said the other day Isaiah Wong is one of your favorite players in the country to watch. I can completely agree with you on that. Um, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, which he had a hard time doing against Duke, but that doesn't all matter. On the 17th of March at 725 on TBS, the number five Miami Hurricanes – are taking on number 12, Drake. Isaac, I think both of these teams are ranked fine. I, def, I, I thought Miami should be ranked one more up, but I, I think that a four against five matchup in the second round, Miami against Indiana, is great. I think both teams have had great success this season. But Isaac, Miami has to get through Drake first, and I think Miami will be able to do that just because of the different playmakers they have. And if I think that they, if I think Miami can get Norchad Omir back. I think that only gives Miami more weapons. Like they have Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, Jordan Miller. I mean, they, they, but the bottom line is Miami has depth everywhere, and I think that this team is going to be able to get it done to move on in this tournament. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, let, let, let's just go ahead and, and, and look at this Indiana game. The number four seed against the number 13 Kent State. Um, I think – I think Indiana has looked pretty good this year. Um, I, I don't know exactly what you put in your bracket for the second round between Miami and Indiana, or even if you had Miami and Indiana going to that next round. But I think that Miami-Indiana game could be a really solid game. Um, and I honestly think that Miami has shaped up pretty good once again, back-to-back -back years in this March Madness to make another run to the Elite Eight. But Isaac, if you had to pick – you know, Indiana or Kent State, the four seed and the 13 seed. Who do you like, and do you think each team is ranked accordingly? I do think uh, each team is ranked accordingly. I like I like Indiana. I don't think it'll be close. Um, they have an explosive – their backcourt is also very explosive. They have a very good young freshman guard. Um, but I think that will lead them – into issues against Miami in the next round uh, because Miami is experienced and, like you said, has that uh, tournament experience. And some of the players, some of the starters on Indiana do not. Um, so I think that can play into the round of 32 game. For sure. Um, and the next game, Isaac, the only one listed is Iowa State because they have to wait for one of the two games at the bottom to finish between the 11 seeds to see who they play. But just looking at Iowa State being the sixth seed, do you like where they're seeded? Why or why not? These are This is another like Big 12 team that I think is seeded so high because the Big 12 is good as it is. But it just like West Virginia – which, I mean, they're both – no, Iowa State is a six seed. Iowa State started off Big 12 play very, very good and then kind of fizzled out towards the end. Um, I don't I, – I, I don't love the six seed um, just because they did fizzle. But, like you said, we're, we're just reporting on it. We're not, we're not part of the committee. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
And then this this next game, honestly, seeing Xavier being the number three team, I I mean this this team got killed by Marquette, man, and they're ranked third. Like I don't I don't I don't really understand why Xavier is ranked there, and it's not like they play in a great conference either. And you know they're playing the number fourteen seed Kennesaw State, who's a pretty darn good basketball team. And Isaac, I'm I'm just gonna say this right now. I think Kennesaw State ups, upsets Xavier. I don't know if you do. I mean, Kennesaw State. I, I don't. They they don't play the competition like Xavier. But watching that championship game between Xavier and Marquette, that just was not a well played basketball by Xavier. At all. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't think Xavier can play another game like that, especially in March Madness, and have a chance. You know, I'm not saying you know. I think Kennesaw State almost has to have a near perfect game to try and beat Xavier. But I definitely disagree with where Xavier is ranked. Yeah, for we we don't really see the committee love on the Big East like they did this year. Um, you got yeah, yeah. I don't love it either, and I I agree. I I would I don't know if I'll go for, as far to say Kennesaw State wins this game. Um, yeah. But I do believe they can make it close because um, their defense is very disruptive, um, as our Liber- yeah. as our Liberty Flames know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, they were they were disruptive enough to stop one of the best guards in all the nation in Darius McGee. Um, just, just just a little side note, Isaac. I don't know about you, but I I think just Liberty men's basketball team might be in a world of hurt next year without a guy like Darius McGee on the floor. Yeah, I think we'll definitely have to do a complete offensive overhaul. But I do like I do like Colin Porter and I think the pieces that we have there. Um I know Brody Bro, sorry, Brody Peebles kind of slit uh his minutes yeah. at the end of the season. I look for him to have a bounce back year next year. I think he'll get I I would even say I think he gets into the starting lineup at the two yeah. and move um, Vincent to the three. I think our biggest issue right now is replacing Road and Preston. Um, yeah, at the big because well, we didn't have great depth. No, at the no, big, not at all. Not big all. man position, um, forward and center. So we'll see. We'll see what Coach McKay does with that. Yeah, and you know, I I also think a great a great spot for McKay to look in and to look at as well is 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 the transfer portal. I mean, there are so many guys in there, a a, a bunch of caliber guys that if they come to Liberty, they can really just probably shoot the lights out of the ball in in in, in the conference that Liberty's going to be playing in in the conference USA, and they're going to be guys that can have success almost automatically. So it'll be really interesting to see what Rich McKay does and how he attacks not only the transfer portal, but also the recruiting department as well in terms of things. Yes, definitely. And Isaac, another really good 7 versus 10 matchup. you got number 7, Texas A&M, taking on number 10, Penn State. Penn State lost to Purdue by two points in the in the Big Ten championship game, and I believe Texas A&M was the winner of the – were they the winner of the SEC tournament? No, they got, they got the, absolutely – destroyed by Alabama today it was it was very oh tough to right watch. right okay yeah exactly this this just proved my proves my point about how much I really watch college basketball on the outside of you know Miami and Liberty and the couple 
couple games I just put on if I'm bored. Um, but yeah, Isaac, I, I, I think this is another game where we have the second, you know, the second overall finishers from each of their respective conferences in the tournament playing each other head to head at 955 on TBS on the 16th of March. I mean, I think this game could be really, really good. I mean, Penn State hung with a Purdue team that is phenomenal and probably has, you know, some odds to win this March Madness tournament. And, you know, I just think this could be a really underrated matchup, but it can be a sleeper matchup. I agree. I will give it to the Texas A&M guys, though, because I did watch the entirety of the game. I mean, they didn't give up once. I mean, they fight, they fought and clawed all the way to the end. They just ran into an absolute brick wall that is Alabama. Um, yeah. It was just tough. Yeah, definitely. And, Isaac, last game on the Midwest side, you got number two Texas taking on number 15 Colgate. I got Texas winning this game. I think Texas is ranked fine. Honestly, you know, with that whole coaching debacle at Texas, I mean, I, I got to give all the credit in the world to their players. I mean, the players stayed with that interim head coach. They played with just the same heart as they did with Coach Beard, and they ended up getting a two seed in the March Madness. And I think Texas is a sleeper pick that nobody's really thinking about to win this March Madness tournament or let alone just get to, like, the semis or the Elite Eight. But definitely watch out for this Texas team, and I think they're going to be able to get it done against Colby. I I 100% agree. I want to make one claim about this Texas team, though. Because they are the Big 12 champions. And I wasn't surprised to see Kansas getting the one seed. But in my heart of hearts, and after watching that Big 12 championship game, I think Texas is the better team over Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, I would – I would I, I would agree with you on that. Um, in Kansas kind of – you're right. They did look really shaky in that Big 12 tournament. Um, let's, let, let's just go ahead and navigate our way down to that, to that first game for Kansas on the west side. I, I, I'm going I'm to keep the east for last just because there's a lot of really, really good teams in this east side of the bracket. Um, but let's just go ahead and go to the number one seed, Kansas, against number 16, Howard. Isaac, I mean, I got Kansas. I, I, I've never even really heard of Howard being a good basketball program. I, I think Kansas is going to be able to steamroll past this program. Yeah, it's the first Howard tournament. That's the first time Howard has made a tournament in like 20-some years, which is great to see. But I got, yeah, Kansas by a lot. Yeah. This this next game, Isaac, between number eight Arkansas and number nine Illinois, can be a toss up. I'm honestly kind of surprised to see Arkansas rank so high. They they ended up finishing, I believe, tenth in the SEC, and they had five guys on their team that were supposed to be NFL or not NFL NFL. <laughs> oh my word! Uh, they were supposed to be NBA draft picks, and it was just it was just a team that kind of just couldn't put it all together. So I would say that this is really the first team to me that I'm surprised to see them rank so high. Yeah, I think what got them ranked so high is what they were able to do earlier on before conference play. But like you said, like you have to take into consideration the whole season, and they did not look hot in SEC play. But I agree, this is a toss-up because 
I mean, Illinois is a good team, but they, they've been shaky at some points during the season. I think it all comes down to experience. I mean, I think Arkansas is a better athletes, but I think Illinois plays better as a team. Yeah. So we'll just see yeah. what wins on that day. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup on the west side of the bracket. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I think whoever makes that next round to play Kansas, I think that they're going to get beat, too, just because Kansas is a very good ball team and a good program. But, Isaac, another Virginia team that's not Liberty has made the March Madness bracket. That's Virginia Commonwealth University at the number 12 seed, taking on number 5 St. Mary's. I mean – I tip my cap to VCU for making this tournament. I just don't see a world where St. Mary's loses to a team like VCU. Just because St. Mary's over the past couple of years, Isaac has always been known to play well in March Madness. They, they always have a pretty darn good team to put out on the floor year in and year out. But, I mean, again, Isaac, you got to tip your cap to VCU. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, this is St. Mary's year. They've always been Gonzaga's little brother in that conference. Um, and they gave they gave the Zags a run um this year. Um, so I think I think that'll definitely be a chip on their shoulder when they continue. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, next next game here, two teams from the north, number four UConn taking on number thirteen Iona. I didn't even know Iona. Had a basketball team to be honest with you. I don't even know that. I didn't even really know they were a university. Quite <laughs> honest with you, uh, I, 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 okay, that was a little harsh. I didn't know they were a university till they came to Liberty and played them in softball a couple couple weeks ago. But we got number four UConn taking on number thirteen Iona. Do you think anybody's ranked too high? And who do you see taking this game? Uh, no, I think I, I think they're ranked fine. I got UConn big, but fun fact: Iona has a Hall of Fame coach in Rick Pitino. Really? He won. Wow. He won a Natty at Louisville, and then recruitment violations. Um, he was forced to step down, and he went away for a few years, and then came back to coach Iona. Dang, that's interesting. So, I mean, I mean, I don't think having a Hall of Fame coach as, as a part of your team is going to help them beat UConn. No, definitely but, not. Yeah, yeah but I, I definitely think that in, in the years to come, it could help Iona get some pretty good recruits and even getting their name put in March Madness might help them from that realm as well. Isaac, next up we have another game that we have to just wait to see who's going to play these guys. But number six, TCU – what do you like about them? Do, uh, do you think they're ranked okay? Um, and how do you feel about them in March Madness overall? I like where they're ranked. I think no matter who wins that 11 seed game, TCU is going to advance. I just – they play hard. I watched them play West Virginia the other day, and they lost this game, but just diving after 50-50 balls. In that game, they didn't go their way, which was a, a reason – that they didn't win that game. Um, however, the effort was there, and I, I like I like TCU a lot. Yeah, I do too. And Isaac, there's there, there's there's kind of a trend on this side of the bracket. It seems like there's a lot of teams on this side of the bracket as well as 
you know, both in the Midwest and the West, there's just a lot of scrappy teams all over this tournament. And at the end of the day, teams watching the teams of March Madness, you know, you got to be thinking to yourself, what can I do to make my guys more scrappy? Because it always seems like the teams that have the most heart, that are scrappy and that want to play for the right reasons can pretty much find themselves in March Madness year in and year out. And it's not only about having, like, the greatest athletes in the entire world. I mean, that obviously helps. But playing as a team and having that chemistry also helps put you in the big dance as well. Definitely. Uh, Number three, Gonzaga now taking on number 14, Grand Canyon. At 7.35 on March 17th on True TV, I believe, Isaac... Check me if if check me here. Is this Grand Canyon's second year in a row making March Madness? I I, I feel like they made it last year. They too. did. GCU. Okay. Basketball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was just curious about that, but I I, I, I could have sworn that I saw them in here last year. But Isaac, I think both of us can agree. Both teams are ranked fine. I think Gonzaga's be gonna be able to take this game from Grand Canyon. Definitely with relative ease. Yep. And Isaac, next game, we have a num- another seven seed Northwestern against Boise State. You know, these, these two teams I'm very unfamiliar with other than, other than Northwestern. I saw them play Liberty a little bit. They looked pretty decent when I, when they played Liberty, they didn't look great, but Isaac, who do you have in this one? I can, I can kind of hear, hear you starting to sigh a little bit. That kind of probably means that you're a little bit confused on this one. I just, don't really know enough about Boise State to help you out. Yeah, I don't – because I don't love Northwestern. I've watched them play a few times. Seven is a little high to me. Um, yeah. But I also do not know – I don't know a ton about Boise State. Um, so the committee ranked them higher for a reason, but I don't know. That's a toss-up to me. Yeah. And honestly, Isaac, I, I was kind of hoping you could give me a, you know, clear-cut answer just for my bracket's sake, just because, honestly, when I get to these two teams, I'm going to have no idea what to play. I filled out three brackets, so. and I flipped <laughs> a coin for each of them on that game. That's the only oh, game. Every other game, I'm, like, wholeheartedly believe that I'm going to have a perfect bracket, except for except yeah. for this one. Yeah. That's funny. Hey, question – in all three brackets, did you have the same team winning, or did you change it no, up? No, two of the brackets have the same team. One's different because um, they're from the same state, though, fun fact. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Well, as soon as I make mine, which I have no idea when I'm going to be able to, because Joey Palermo, who works at the station, can't seem to figure out how to send it to me. So I got to start picking his brain about how I can – do this without without him sending me the email but once i pick mine we can kind of put our heads together as well as nate and kind of discuss you know what we picked and all that sort of thing which i think could be fun. yeah definitely and then and then last game on the west side isaac number two ucla playing number 15 unc Asheville, which is where my grandmother used to live fun fact which that probably yeah you, you, you probably have you probably don't care about that at all which you know <laughs> As, as I said that, I'm like, I was like, what am I doing? Anyways, um, who do you have in this game? I mean, I I wholeheartedly believe that UCLA is going to be able to beat this team. I just, you know, seeing UNC Asheville, they don't really 
jump off the page per se, you know, looking at this team, but I I, I think UCLA is going to be able to get this done. Yeah, UCLA yeah, UCLA is going to win big, but UNC Asheville has a kid, Drew Pember. He played at uh, Tennessee for a couple years and then transferred to UNC Asheville. He's averaging like 22. He's their best player. Um, but I got to watch him his junior year in high school in my hometown. So really, yeah. So my heart, my heart says UNC Asheville, but my brain knows UCLA is gonna gonna run away with this one quick. Yeah, awesome. And Isaac, quick question for you: Do you mind taking us through the East part of the bracket? Just kind of, I mean, the the only reason I asked you to take us through this part and not me is just because there's a lot of very very talented teams on this side of the bracket. And I just kind of want you to take us through these first couple games here, um, you know, because Purdue's on this side, Duke is on this side, Tennessee, Kentucky, Kansas State, Marquette, Memphis. I mean, you got so many blue blood top tier college basketball programs on this side of the bracket. Yeah, I got you. So the first game is number one Purdue versus either Texas Southern, FDU. I think we both agree that Zach Eady and company is going to run away with this one. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. The second game, this one, this one's interesting to me. Eight and nine, number eight Memphis is taking on number nine Florida Atlantic. Um, Ooh. I'm not. I've watched a couple FAU games. They were in conference play. They ran away with them. They they have some athletes, but Memphis is coming off a conference championship where they upset number one seed Houston. And Penny Hardaway looks like he's figured it down there in Memphis. So this one, this one could shape up to be an interesting game. Yeah, and you know, from from what you're saying about Memphis being able to take down Houston, who, by the way, folks, is the number one seed. I mean, as well as having athletes on FAU, I definitely agree with you, Isaac. This game could go either way, and 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 that's what I love about these eight and nine seeds playing each other, as well as the seven and ten seeds. Like I feel like. Those those four seedings are always the ones where you're like these games could go either way, and I feel like me me and you are kind of right there with these two teams. Hello, Isaac. Hey, Riley, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Hello? Sorry about that, folks. Isaac just left. But next game we have on the docket, number five, Duke, taking on Oral Roberts. Number five, Duke, won the ACC. Nobody thought that he was really going to be able to do anything quite like that. Or not he. Nobody thought Duke was going to be able to do anything. Sorry, Riley. I think I lost connection real quick. Or a second. No, no, you're good, man. I was just breaking down the Duke game real quick so you can kind of pick me up where I left off. I kind of was just talking about how Duke did win the ACC tournament. They got through a really good Miami team and a really good Virginia team. Both were were co-hosts. Or not co-hosts, but they were co number one seeds in the ACC. So what does uh, what does Oral Roberts have to do, Isaac, to kind of not necessarily defeat Duke but be able to give him a challenge? 
Yeah, well, they have Max Amos, and we've seen him um, go off for Oral Roberts in past um, tournaments. And they also have that um, 7-5 transfer from Arkansas that really had his um, coming out game against Liberty. Um, I mean, they got some players that can make this game interesting. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Duke. So, that'll be a tough feat. Yeah. Isaac, next up is, is is your team. So, I'll just go ahead and give you the floor. Yeah, so you got four-seeded Tennessee versus 13 Louisiana. Every All the stats say that Tennessee should win this game. But as a Tennessee fan, you never can be certain that Tennessee is going to pull it out. Um, I think they will. But we're just so used to March Madness heartbreaks over the past three or four years that every time I watch them in March, I'm just sitting on the edge of my seat wondering when it's all going to go wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's truthful. I, I mean, I, I can I can say that for a number of different teams. I mean, yes, Baylor won a couple years ago, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of times they come in ranked pretty high. Um, Kansas, you can say that for Kansas as well. I mean, you could say that for Purdue last year. I mean, there's – I mean, Auburn as well. But, I mean, there, there, there's a ton of different teams you can say that for. And I'll be honest with you, Isaac, you know, with Miami last year in the, in, in the Elite Eight game that they played, I was sitting on the edge of my seat, and I had them getting out in the second round last year. That's how much disrespect I put on the Miami Hurricanes, who is a team that I followed. So, I don't, I don't know if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> but, you know, I can say that I am right there with yeah. you. Yeah, we'll see. This is the Tennessee fans' favorite quote is, this is our year, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it will definitely be interesting. Isaac, next game, Kentucky, who, you know, the number six seed, who arguably is not as good as they have been in the past, but they've kind of turned it around a little bit as of late, taking on number 11 Providence. What do you like about this matchup, and what do you not like about it? It's another Big East team versus a Blue Blood. I think I think Kentucky handles this one. Um, but yep. we saw them get bounced by St. Peter's first round last year. So this is March. This is what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. Isaac, three more games here for you. Number three, Kansas State taking on number 14, Montana State. I think both of us can agree that Kansas State is a good enough team to get it done. And Isaac, question for you. You said that both of the teams that you had finishing off in the championship for winning this whole thing was from the same state. I'm just going to go go ahead and guess. Did you say Kansas and Kansas State? I did not. In there. You did, I not. did not. Dang it. Dang it. Okay. Well, I was just interested about that. But, well, I'll just keep my mouth shut now. So. <laughs> <laughs> because – I'm I'm trying to figure out who you picked, but I'm I'm happy to tell you, but it's it's up to you. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We'll just we'll just keep it quiet until you know a couple of days from now when we'll probably have another one of these about the first round and how everything shaked out, and we'll probably have one coming about the World Baseball Classic as well, Isaac. So me me and you as well as Nate will be communicating about that when when we want to do it. But then again. Folks, we, we all have families. We're, we're all here for spring break, and we want to spend time with them. So if, if, if we don't get all that out to you as soon as possible, um, we'll try to uh, get that out accordingly. 
But Isaac, let's go ahead and move on. Another seven seed playing in a 10 seed playing each other where there's a lot of question marks. Number seven, Michigan State taking on number 10, USC, the team that bounced Miami out of the tournament last year. I believe it was USC. Actually, no, 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 no. We beat USC. I can't remember who we lost to. No, we lost to Kansas. I'm sorry. We lost to Kansas. But, Isaac, what do you like about this matchup, and do you think both teams are ranked accordingly? I think – I mean, this matchup I like. I think their seeding should be switched. I've watched Michigan State. Really? I think, I've watched Michigan State play a lot this season. And when it came out they were a seven seed, I was shocked. Um, I actually, in all three of my brackets, have USC winning this game. Um, yeah, I'm just going to put that out there. Watch it not yeah. happen. Uh, said it, but that's that's my take on the whole situation. Dang. That's interesting. And, Isaac, last game before we wrap this up here, number two, Marquette, another team from the Big East that defeated Xavier – in the Big East tournament, taking on number 15, Vermont. I still think Marquette is ranked a little bit too high here at the number two seed. Um, I, I definitely think there's a plethora of other teams that could take that two spot in this list. But then again, Isaac, we aren't the committee. We just report about it. Who do you have in this game? Who do you like? And do you think each team is seeded accordingly? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think Marquette's a little too high. But, I mean, I got to go Marquette in this matchup. Yeah. Yeah, sorry yep. to disrespect I, I, the state of Vermont, but <laughs> yeah, all 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 150 people that live. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm kidding. It's it, it's mostly just you know grandparents staying over staying there in the summer because Florida's too hot or whatever. But Isaac, I really appreciate you jumping on tonight. I I know it's late. It's almost 11 o'clock. So. I will wrap this up real quick. Um, folks, we we will have, you know, our reactions to first round um, games coming up very shortly before we get back on the campus of Liberty University for the rest of the semester. Um, so, Isaac, I'll probably think about doing that on Saturday probably or Friday. But then again, Friday, there's some games that end pretty late. So – It'll probably be Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon-ish, give or take. I'm not 100% if I'm going to be able to do that or not because I don't know when I'm leaving Georgia yet. But the bottom line is we will stay in touch and stay connected. So definitely look out for that. And then also, Isaac, we're, we're, we're probably going to do a World Baseball Classic um, live Twitter talk like this coming up pretty soon, maybe in like the next couple days um, because the first round of play is almost over and – there's been a lot of upsets so far. Venezuela's been a really surprising team. And I think I think this World Baseball Classic could get really interesting. And also, last thing of information for you guys, again, for everybody tuning in later on our different um, handles that we have, you know, Spotify, Google Play Store, all that fun stuff. Because, Isaac, if, if, if it's all right with you, this is going to go up on Spotify. Um, but also, folks, stay tuned into all the different breaking news because, Isaac, as me and you both know, NFL free agency, you know, guys being able to trade, guys being able to pick up free agents starts Wednesday after 4 o'clock. I believe it's, it's either Tuesday or Wednesday, one of those two days. And, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of different things going on, lots of different trades. So, Isaac, we will make sure to keep people up to date, as well as Nate, if he's able to 
joining us. But then again, Isaac, thank you so much for coming on today, going over breaking news and March Madness stuff. You you really are our, our college basketball guru and expert, and that's kind of you know not 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 the entire reason why I brought you on the show, but that's a big part just because you really help March Madness talk go a lot smoother with all your different knowledge and things that you know that I don't necessarily know because I'm more of a baseball guy and football guy. But as always, Isaac, I appreciate you coming on, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a nice break. We'll be in touch. Yeah, man, thanks. Thanks, you too. I will definitely be in touch with you, man. Appreciate you. All right. See you. All right, man. See ya. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Thank you so much for listening to this version of the Press Box uh, Twitter talk. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night, and God bless.